Hello, hello everyone. Hi, I'm Keisha Bailey and welcome to another live edition of Taking Stock. Kalila is away handling business, so I'm filling in for her tonight, but a lot of you guys know me already. You've seen me before, so happy to be on. As usual, we're going to be bringing you all the latest business news and telling you how it will affect you and your money. Remember to head over to Kalila's website, kalilareynolds.com slash newsletter. Once this live has ended to get her newsletter straight to your inbox twice a week. Also remember, hit the like button and subscribe to this channel. Now, you know the drill. Where is everyone joining us from tonight? Let me know in the comments below. Where are you representing from tonight? Now, while you do that, here's a look at what's coming up in tonight's show, followed by what's hot in business. And come on, let's get this money. <laughs> National Baker is planning to expand, and will they consider an IPO? We'll find out about all their plans from CEO of the National Baking Company, Gary Butch Hendrickson, and the analysts swain on the latest market developments. Diamond trading results are out. How did they perform? We'll discuss. But first, here's what's hot, brought to you by JMMB Group, your best interest at heart. Mayberry Investments says it is making final arrangements to officially list its bond offerings on the Jamaica Stock Exchange by Friday. Almost $7 billion was raised by the firm recently through a bond offer that was split into four categories. The interest rates ranged from 9 to 12 percent. The bond offer had opened on December 2, with Mayberry originally seeking to raise $5 billion. The offer was extended by two weeks and closed on January 20. It was oversubscribed and raised approximately $6.4 billion from the market. Mayberry said the investors' portfolios have been updated to reflect their bond allocations. Grace Kennedy CEO Don Webby says the company plans to launch a share buyback program this year. The CEO said the company's current share price is considered to be below its true value. He said that the proposed buyback is an opportunity to drive up shareholder value by helping to raise earnings per share. The buyback plan is still subject to regulatory approval. The company also announced its first dividend payment of 2023. Investors will receive 50 cents per stock and it will be paid out on April 6. Global cybersecurity firm Fortinet is urging companies to beef up their cybersecurity protocols as hackers and malware threats become more sophisticated. According to Fortinet's Global Threat Landscape report, Latin America and the Caribbean faced more than 360 billion attempted cyber attacks in 2022. Mexico received the most attempted attacks, followed by Brazil and Colombia. The company said that cybercriminals have become more sophisticated as cyber defenses continue to advance. Fortinet said that to protect against advanced persistent cybercrime tactics, companies must focus on strengthening their real-time cybersecurity across all devices. 
Economists in the United States say they expect a recession to begin later this year than they had previously forecasted. It was anticipated that the U.S. would have entered a hard recession by December 2022 or early 2023. According to the National Association for Business Economics, 58% of economists foresee a recession later this year. The findings reflect a survey of economists from businesses, trade associations, and academia. Only 15% think a recession will begin by the end of March. A third of the economists who responded to the survey now expect a recession to begin in the April to June quarter. One-fifth think it will start in the July to September quarter. The delay in recession expectations follows a series of U.S. government reports that show a robust economy, despite the Federal Reserve raising interest rates eight times to slow growth and curb high inflation. What's Hot was brought to you by JMMB Group, your best interest at heart. This segment of Taking Stock is brought to you by Bulwark Insurance Agency, insurance made easy. Just two hours with me can change your life, but don't take it from me. Why I decided to buy Kalila's Masterclass, which is, for me, was a game changer. I'm Kalila Reynolds, financial journalist and educator, and I'm on a mission to help you get better with money. Take my all-new Money Mission Masterclass. We're talking about budgeting. My top things today were about budgeting and investing. We're kicking bad debt out the door. And also learn about how to pay off your credit card debt. And I'm giving you the keys to wealth creation by helping you getting started with investing. This masterclass helped me to start my own investment journey. I had so many takeaways. The way that I look at money now and saving, I don't, I look at it different now. With a bonus module from Keisha Bailey, my girl, the profit jump starter, who'll show you how to find great companies to invest in. I've been in the investing industry now for over 18 years. So give yourself the best gift. Go to kalilareynolds.com slash masterclass to join the money mission. Let's get this money. I'm saying I love seeing that. It's very, very good. Always, I hope you guys are checking out that Money Mission Masterclass. Make sure. All right, the comments have been very active. I see Demar. Good night. I'm ready for this one. Welcome, Demar. Good night. Kish, usual, is saying good night, money makers. Good night to you too. Portmore in the building. Anthony, welcome, welcome. Chantel Clark, hey, let's get this money. Kishi saying, hello, Keisha, hello yourself. Al is saying, on the job, but still checking in. Of course, of course, money is important. Debbie saying, I'm ready to learn and get this money. Sandra from Manchester, welcome. Steve from Toronto. Can you guys know I'm, I'm tuning in from Toronto, the sixth? So always happy to see fellow Canadians here. Jermaine from Atlanta, welcome, welcome. Nino repping Kingston. Robert saying, hi, Keisha, nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. And Chris from Panama City coming from far, making sure you're getting this money, but originally from St. Elizabeth. Welcome, everyone. So tonight, we are going to get into a very, very deep discussion. National Bakery is planning to expand 
and it's going to cost a lot of money, lots of moolah. Joining me now to discuss expansion plans and more, we have CEO of National Baking Company, Gary Butch Hendrickson. Hello, hello. Looks like we have a little delay. Hello, hello, good night, good night. Are you hearing me okay? Are you speaking to me, Keisha? Yes, yes. Are you hearing me? Good night. Okay. Good night, Gary. Uh, yes. Yes. Good evening. Uh, hi. All right. So we have a, uh, do very we have a delay? excited right. to have you here. Thank you. All right. Tell us about your company. Give us a brief history of National Baking Company. A lot of people know the product, but give us the story mm -hmm. behind the products. Well, let me start in 1952 when the family moved to, to Kingston from Mandeville. Um, National actually started before that, but for the purposes of, I don't know why it is that, um, it would seem that our history started in 52, somewhere around November. So we came to Kingston, dad came to Kingston, he spoke to his parents, he cajoled them into putting themselves back in serious debt, and they moved into Kingston in 52. He was the first person to slice and wrap bread, um, that technology found out about when he was in college in Montreal. He went, he was lucky to be able to go away for a couple of years because post-war Jamaica didn't allow certain luxuries and college at that time was a luxury. Anyway, he got the technology out of Canada, came back home, um, started halfway tree, the halfway tree plant where we still are. And um, it's kind of the rest is history. He just took a, it was a wild ride. It has been a wild ride for the last 70 years. It's very interesting, um, through the good and the bad. Uh, I like to think mostly good. Um, There's not, not a lot to tell about us. Uh, and I'm not really a great marketer to talk of the company. You know, you know Keisha, I think when you work in a place, just work it every day, and the bakery business sensibility is mundane. It's kind of repetitive. And the trick to the bakery business is to repeat the same quality and hope it's good quality every day. And hope that every day the customers will forgive your sins of you and that they will be loyal. And boy, have we been blessed by the Jamaican people. My gosh, both in Jamaica and abroad. Um, right. I, did, I hear you were in Toronto. Is that what you said? Yes, and a lot yeah, of the products are already yes, here. Yes, I know. Uh, we're doing very well up there. Yes. <laughs> we have a big plan for Toronto over the next 24 months. We're, um, we actually own our distribution systems in the United Kingdom and we have a, and in New York City in the, the tri-state area. So we're expanding. Um, we've done well in some, some we haven't done as well as we'd like to, but that will just take a little bit more work. All right. So what would you say are your top selling products right now? What are the, the hot goods right now? <laughs> I am in the manufacturing business, especially our scale. We talk about tonnage, number one tonnage, um, hard over bread. That's yes. it. That's it. That, that's your biggest tonnage. Um, we we sell a lot of crackers. We sell a lot of um. We sell a lot of buns, from what they call their own bun, tropons bun, penny bun, six months bun. Uh, every Jamaican has his own memory of it. Um, for those of us who are really old. 
it's tropons and penny, but who can remember tropons and penny? Half of Jamaica don't even know what a tropons looks like. Um, so from that, right up to a fifty-six ounce bottle, which we basically make at Easter. It's not a, a year-round product, you know. Um, for the rest of the year, the, the largest we'll go to, and that's what we export mostly. The twenty-eight ounce bun in a box. That's all. That's a big problem. People, people chiming, chiming in. They remember. They say spice bun, penny bun. So right. people are out there that they definitely bun. remember the products. Yeah. But spice bun, penny bun, squeeze bun. It depends right. on what you have in the middle. If you have, if you have cheese, you can squeeze it. If you're yes, crazy I people, like some of my friends, I put a pot in here. Don't squeeze it too hard. Because <laughs> I, it, the party will come apart. Yeah. So any new goods coming? Any new new baked yeah. goods we can expect? Yeah, well, look, well, not just baked. Not just baked. Um, I think we've been on a mission now for the last 20 years. Very quietly, but it has worked. We've tried to find a healthy alternative to offer the customers. We started with, with bran, and um, then we went into whole wheat in a big way and whole grains, a lot of grain, multi-grain breads. I never thought it would be as successful as it has been. So when this, this story goes that Jamaican people don't care about their health, they do. They do. I think what you have to offer our, our, our um, consumer in Jamaica or anywhere, give them something that tastes good, that's good for them or better for them. Because if you are mostly perfectly frank, there is no bread that's going to be great for you. Everything is in moderation, but I try to. I think that we are trying to offer products that are better for you, a healthier, a healthier choice, if you yeah. will. And um, you'll see that we've come out with granola, doing really well. Um, we we, we um, introduced chickpeas, and I introduced that basically because of the fiber the fiber content, and yeah. it has a huge amount of vegetable protein, which is, which is a great way to add some protein to your diet. Um, we, 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 we started making rice cakes very light. Again, Keisha, I think you have to give people an alternative if you want their business, yes. and they must earn your trust. And if you think of your customer first, you know, it's a lot easier. That that is true. That is true. As a matter of fact, we have a brand bun. I see um, persons in the comments saying it. We have a lot of persons saying, "I like yeah, your brand bun." Well, everything. Free. Yeah, just about everything we make is cholesterol free. Uh, for those uh, the viewers, the only thing that I can't say is cholesterol free would be like the cheese tricks because cheese tricks actually does have real cheese. We have real cheese in it, and if you have real cheese, then you have animal protein, dairy. And that can be totally cholesterol free. But we, we went away from all the trans fats years ago. We went away from uh, any animal in the, in the short years ago. As a matter of fact, in, in all fairness, it, that, when that time came along, I can't remember who was at Sepra at that time. But it, it, was, um, it was a decision made years, many, many years ago. And we got rid of all animal content in, in short in Jamaica. So there, you haven't had animal content in your shortening for quite some time now. All right, so as you're, you're looking to expand, as we know, tell us more about these plans, the specifics behind it. Specifically, we're out of space. 
Good problem to have. Well, yes, well, we've been out of space for too long. And I think, I think a, couple, a lot of factors, my own hesitancy and, um, and then along. And I, I hate using this as an excuse, but COVID didn't help. Yeah. Um, that's not an excuse. We could have still gone ahead, but it kind of held off. Um, we, we're breaking ground on, we're going to three big projects. The biggest one is going to be Montego Bay. We're putting a, a, um, a bread plant in Montego Bay, uh, along with the distribution center. That's, um, I would like to believe that 24 months from now, we could be talking again and be open. All right. And then, so how much is this investment that we're looking at? And has the land already been uh, oh, bought? Oh, oh, oh yeah. The, the land, the land had been bought, had been bought quite some time ago. The investment started out in the high twenties million US. It's gone into the thirties million US now. And I'd like it to stop. <laughs> you know, um, but let's be real. We're going to put up a state of the art plant. We're not putting up a, a 1960 bread plant, 1970 American plant or European plant. We put up a 2024 world-class plant and people ask why, why not? Why not? Why should I? I know you could do something less. I'm not going to do it because at the end of it, I think my, if for no other reason, then our customers deserve it. And it will make a good product. Um, it will be good for us as a company. Uh, and it's going to be good for, for the industry, for industry in Jamaica, because I'm trying to lift it to a new level. And I'm trying to be able to be export ready from day one to any country, anywhere, to meet all their standards and regulations. Right. And as we think about new plants and making sure that we meet these international standards, we may need new jobs. Are there any plans yes. for that around new jobs being created? Oh, yeah. You have new jobs. And this, this, the Montego Bay operation will not be able to be operated, be run by and, and um, managed by people who are not very, very technically savvy. It's going to be a lot less baking, the art of baking, rather than science of. And so, therefore, you're going to have people who, you're going to have some kind of serious engineering background to be able to operate the machines. All right. And then, um, so can we probably see new products? So, Paulette is saying gluten-free yeah, would be that, great. Gluten-free is a hard one. And, and let me address that for a second. I would like nothing more than to be able to offer it because there's a demand for it, or there seems to be a demand for it. However, it has a huge cost to it. Uh, people have mooted the idea of cassava flour. We went to a great deal of, ex, ex, not a great deal of expense, a great deal of time, and some a fair amount of expense to make to try and get cassava flour. We weren't capable able to do it. You, you know, the, the, the cassava industry in Jamaica is not ready to deliver to us at the volumes we wanted. I had a gamble that says, if I had 10,000 pounds a week of cassava flour, that'd be a great start. I couldn't get 10,000 pounds, I couldn't get 2,000 pounds in a month. I think it actually took longer. And then at that point, it was unaffordable. So the bread don't, now becomes unaffordable because unfortunately, cassava, you can't go 100% cassava. You have to use some, some um, you have to use wheat flour. Cassava is a very small percentage. It just doesn't have the proteins 
for it to stay together on the machine, not on our equipment. And so therefore, it never really came, came to life. I, I would like to see it happen one day. Absolutely. I think it should. And on the gluten-free, I just say this much. If you go to any shelf in any supermarket, whether it's Europe or, or um, the United Kingdom, Canada, United States, and you look at the price of gluten-free on a per ounce basis compared or per kilo basis compared to ordinary conventional wheat flour, you will see it's a massive difference. It's quite a bit. Yes, a no, the other side <laughs> and it's a of much teacher. smaller product. Yes, it, well, it can't expand, huh? It kind of yeah. just sits there. It doesn't. It doesn't raise. It it it, 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 it won't raise. And Keisha, the other side to it, of course, is that our plan. This might seem hard for Jamaicans to believe that yes, in Jamaica it is so. The minimum running our plant would probably about the minimum run would be about a ton a day, a ton for every time they run. 2,000 pounds. We just can't process less than that. The size of the equipment doesn't allow that anymore. We, we um, in some ways, it's a great thing. In some ways, it's not a very good thing because you're not very flexible. And uh, we're kind of stuck with that size. Um, so we do have some challenges with that. I see some, a small amount of gluten-free products on the market now. Um, those people who are putting it out there, I wish them a lot of luck. I hope they do well because the demand is there. I can't feel it for you. Not right now. And we have another question coming in from Ronnie saying, why are the products more expensive than your competitors in Trinidad if they're made here in Jamaica? I didn't know that were more expensive. I must look into that. All right. And you and know, on the, the if you're, it, positive side of it, Nikwan is asking, you know, National Baker is my first real job out of high school in the returns department. I would love to invest at some point, which we're going to get into because we have to talk about the money and right. talk about what the future holds with investments. So mm -hmm. we're flipping over with that into the business part. How is business these days, especially during COVID? Did that strongly affect your sales? Actually, no. I'm proud to tell you we never we never closed for one day. I'm not sure what I missed. You went off. You, I couldn't hear you for a while there. I take it that you're asking me uh, on the onset of COVID. Did it affect us? Right. How did it, COVID it affect the sales? Well, okay. It was a strategic decision. We didn't put a lot of emphasis on the snack plant, cheese tricks, popcorn, things like that. And we ran the we ran the, the crackers, things like that, around the bun plant. What we did put a lot of emphasis on was our bread plant, because we have a responsibility to the country to provide bread. It's not we have been blessed with being the biggest, and that come along that you have some serious responsibilities. Realistically speaking, when you look at our tonnage through the plant. If we close a plant, there could be a serious set of issues. For this, the Jamaicans trying to find their everyday food. And so my staff decided, and ourselves decided, that we would go and quarantine. And essentially, the bread plant was quarantined. 
because my brother Kevin, who owns Courtly, had to close the Courtly. I rented the hotel from him, and the entire two entire shifts of bread workers stayed there for eight weeks because we didn't know the extent of COVID. We didn't know what it would bring, and that's how we kept them safe and healthy. And that was on a, that was something they volunteered to, and they stuck it out eight weeks away from their families. Very and they were very understanding. And after that, we said, okay. It seemed like we understand this, this um, virus a little bit more. And so we took the chance and we went back to some kind of normalcy. It, was, it wasn't normal for a long time. Everybody knows that. Okay. I'll tell you what, Keisha. I don't know if during that time they picked up some amazing and good habits or they just dedicated to what they were doing at the plant. We had such a low infection rate and we still to this day have a low infection rate. I'm amazed at the infection, how low it is, especially in my sales staff. And these fellows go on the road every day and it is extremely low. So I think a, a, a bit of just good personal practices, keep the hands washed, keep the mask on. And boy, we use a lot of alcohol. My gosh, I think everybody <laughs> had, I think everybody had um, dry skin just from being so much alcohol. But it, it worked. But so we didn't, we didn't miss one single day of production and the drivers didn't miss one single day of going out on the road and getting into every store that they could. And then the, the big supermarkets, had, when we, this thing started to get very serious, for example, when this, the St. Catherine went on the curfew, I started to speak to um, Sing Chin at Progressive, the Progressive Grocers, um, Frank at at Frank um, James at, at Hilo, we said, listen, if this thing gets so tight, we can't have distribution going on, deliveries going on. At the same time, people are in the store. That's crazy. Would you open up at 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, allow our drivers to get in there, stack the shelves, fill them up, get out of the store so you can open it and not have everybody, you know, get in the way of each other. And everybody said they did. Anything we wanted to do, they were willing to do. Because I think that's when we kind of pulled together and said, hey, it's our country, you know, man. We have to look right. after it. And it went over so well. And the, the extent of how well it went over, that you're asking me about it because there was no disruption. Right, which we were like. They, right, there was a lot of overbuying, a lot of panic mind. And it was necessary. But I couldn't tell people that because I didn't know if tomorrow... I'd, I'd have a line go down because five people got sick. You couldn't say that. So you're kind of caught between, listen, do what you have to do as best we can for as long as we can do it. We took a gamble. And we won. It pays off. Shanae is saying, please maintain your good customer service. No, we need clear. to make it better. We can't, it, there's nothing as great. You can make it better. You might be good, but you can make it better. You can find a way to make it better. And so as you think about your, your markets, the international market is mm -hmm. a, a big market for you. How has that been going? How has it been treating you? Uh, well, apart from some really serious shipping issues and um, serious in the extreme, very difficult to get product out of Jamaica. You've always heard the manufacturers quarrel that it is easier to import to the country than export from. And I'll tell you, it is absolutely true, Keisha. It's been difficult. It's been a, more than a challenge to get done. We have done fairly well. I think um, I heard a number 
sometime in January. Uh, just as a, we did a, a few hundred containers of export. So we, we did okay last year. We could have done much better, but shipping had been a real challenge to us. Um, it's it's kind of normalizing, but what's it, the, 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 the costs, the container that used to cost $2,000 now costs 5000 4005 So it's a lot. So, it's a lot. So and there's nothing, that, we, nothing that we export is expensive. You know, so big would product. You consider, would you consider then putting up a distribution center and a production plant internationally? I'm going to sound very stupid now. We have our distribution centers in London, South London, and in um, Brooklyn now. They are a real good distributor in Toronto, growing. Um, now, this is a hard one for me to say. I really would like everything to be made in Jamaica. I really would. If I'm forced to, that's a decision I make, and I don't want to make it. So don't force my hand. Beg you. And don't force me to talk. <laughs> well, and, and the, the customers definitely resonate with it because Chantel is saying a round of applause for doing so great during COVID. Massive no, thanks you are why we get out of bed. No, you tell Chantel, Chantel, you are why we get out of bed. You know, you know, it's all about you guys. You know, you're 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 the most important part of the business. You're the most important part. You're the greatest asset we have. And the second asset, the second number two asset is staff. Everything else we can replace. So as we, we think about assets, you know, we have to talk about the money. And would you consider doing an IPO? Keisha, we were part of a publicly traded company many years ago, National Continental Corporation. Um, and the bad old days. And then we decided to take it private. And we bought back the shares. It's not something that is totally off the table by any means. But I have some work left to do um, before I consider it. There are some things I have to do. I, I, I need to have a new, that new plant in Montego Bay. The halfway tree plant is bursting at the scene. She's an old lady. She's falling down. We have to give her a chance. She needs some new makeup. Probably some new, a, 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 little, a little nip and tuck. If I may, uh, <laughs> she needs some TLC. He had been absolutely good to us for 70 years now. And we just, just need to give it a break. So, yes, it could be considered, but I would like to see certain things happen first. And, you know, maybe that will not be my decision. The next generation might decide, yes, they'll do it. Because as soon as I'm able to, I'm going to start stepping back. Um, so you're considering death. retirement? Are you? Me? Yes. I am on the third five-year plan. <laughs> the first two didn't work. All right. So, yes, I am. Turn 70 now, you know. Oh, well. So who would be running the company should you retire? Who is next in line? The best, the best person to do it. That's it. If you're going to ask me it's one of the kids, it might be. I don't know. I can't tell you that. What did Peggy, uh, Peggy Lee say? K Sera, whatever will be, will be. The future is not mine to see. Something like that. Right. Well, what I we can do persons what are, we can are do chiming in. The comments are active. Miguel is saying, the man what? said he was not good at marketing, but I'm sold. Time to invest. 
Miguel, and let me tell you, it, it's, been a, it's been a long ride. I, what I've tried to do and what we always want to do at National, we want to be transparent. You know, we, you know there's one very, very truth. I have a problem. You tell me I have a problem and you show it to me. I'm the first one to admit it and I'm going to start to fix it right there before you. And I think that is part of what has made us the way we are. I think it's part of what has made us, what made us acceptable for the Jamaican. Because let me tell you, Keisha, we have made some monumental mistakes. Oh my God. Sometimes I look at the product that have gone out there, go on the market, I see that. Who is crazy enough to buy this? Who, why should anybody have to buy this? And when we start to question this, that's when we start to dig down. What is wrong? How do we fix this? And we want it fixed, you know, like yesterday afternoon. And so as long as we keep up with that, and I think we can keep your trust as a, as a consumer group, we'll be all right. But we must keep that trust. And we have to work like hell to earn it every single day. All right. And O'Neill is coming in with the money question. Where, where the, 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 you know, we talk money over here. O'Neill is asking, what was the source of funding the new plant in Montego Bay? This is going to sound dumb. I think a lot came from our own, our own cash. I think there might have been two banks involved, O'Neill. Uh, two lines. I can't tell you. I can't tell you the size of the lines. They, they were weren't substantial. Um, the other thing about COVID, when we started, we decided yeah, we didn't start saving for this plant the day we decided to do it. You know, I'm just saying we've been saving for this a long time. It's been kind of a dream of mine to put up a new plant. It been it it was it's necessary. So we we, we were cautious. I think we've been we try to be cautious and prudent about the whole thing. I mean, the only thing you see me get crazy on sometimes is little things like early childhood education. Um, and maybe hopefully very soon some some school feeding programs, especially on the, the protein side, the protein delivery. That I really don't put budget for myself. That's my, I keep telling the, 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 the execs, that is my Madness, allow me my craziness, especially early childhood education. All right, we, we get it. The, the comments are running, rolling. They're just coming in. Chantel is saying, I hope the younger person taking over comes humble and strong with good countrymanship like Mr. Hendrickson and a whole lot of care like him. Thank you, National. And good corporate governance, not madness. So no, these days, no. you know, they, these are very commendable practices to note within companies right and it's it sets an uh, example for us as investors yeah. uh, so well, they're, I they're think, coming uh, in person saying tender loaf care <laughs> some tlc yeah i think um it's been easy for me i i easier than people think if you if you look at the company and you, you look at the components and for example we have eight over 800 people at halfway tree that's the halfway tree plant that 800, those 800 people are probably represent maybe 4,000 people. So the responsibility doesn't just end at 800, you go past that. And especially in a society like ours where there's so much want and so much, you really need to be mindful of that. You don't have to think and say, wait a minute. It's just not the 800 you see in here or the fellows you talk to every day. What about the others that depend on them? 
So if you take that kind of like a, yeah, you have some responsibility. And you have a responsibility to, to make sure you, you, stay, you stay solid, you stay solvent, and you stay successful. And when you start to think that way, and I do advise young people to just start in business. Look at me calling some people young now. Cool, yeah. um, I think if you think along those lines, you know, you make some simple, you make some, decision becomes simpler. It just becomes easier to make a decision. How do we do this? And especially if you have cooperative staff, I say, yeah, um, I think we might have lost a little bit of it. We're getting back in the plant now. That corporation says, guys, we have a problem. And they look at you and say, boss, go home now. We have it. And you could go home and they had it. And they had it. And we were growing like crazy in those days. We didn't even know how to manage it so many times. It was chaotic. But we grew in chaos. And every time there was chaos, we grew. And it was all driven by first the demand, the consumer trust, and then the staff allowed it to go. Well said, well said. And Nikwan sending in our final um, congrats. I'm so proud to see Jamaican companies doing great. National is one iconic company. Great job. So thank you so much for being on tonight. And I'm going to leave it there. Thank you so much. We have Gary Butch Hendrickson, CEO of National Baking Company. Keisha, thank, thank you, you very much for having me. And again, thank you, Jamaica and Jamaicans and everybody everywhere, you know. We do it all for you. How is that? Love it. <laughs> and of course, as the, the IPO comes up, we will want to know, right? So we are going over to our poll questions. So comment below and also take tonight's poll. Our poll question tonight is, what do you think was the highlight of the finance minister, Dr. Nigel Clark's opening budget debate was it a no new taxes b 200 new electric buses for the jutc c jamaica to return to pre-finsac debt levels by 2024 just around the corner d public sector wage increase will light the money up or e you leave another comment let us know and while you're at it Hit that like button. Don't forget, up next, we have our market recap and the analysts are standing by. This segment of Taking Stock was brought to you by Bulwark Insurance Agency, insurance made easy. Hey, moneymakers, join the KRM fam with our official merch. Get it now at KhalilaReynolds.com. Let's get this money. The JC Combined Index gained 3,000 points or 1% last week. 127 stocks traded across the main and junior markets for the week ending Friday, March 3, 2023. 65 made gains, 43 lost value and 19 stayed the same. 99 million shares changed hands on the Jamaican dollar market, valued at $599 million. Week 10 was the week's most traded stock. It took up 14% of market volume with 14 million shares trading. The stock opened Monday at 73 cents. Derriman traded the second highest. The stock opened this week at $2.15. And Regency Petroleum rounded out last week's most traded with 7 million shares changing hands. The stock lost 5 cents to open Monday at $1.92. Now let's see who had the biggest gains for the week. 
JPS 7% was the week's biggest gainer. The stock was up 154% open Monday at $43.85. ISP Finance Services was the second biggest gainer. It went up almost 29% to start the new week at $26.35. Elite Diagnostic rounded out last week's biggest gains. The stock was up 21% to start the new week at $3.03. On the losing side now, Margaritaville Turks was last week's biggest loser, down 15%. The stock opened Monday at $16.44. JMMB 7% VRJMDCR preference shares was also down 15%, opening the new week at $2.39. And PBS USD fell 13%, closing the week at $1.90. Over on the Trinidad and Tobago Stock Exchange, the composite index gained half a percent last week. Massey was the most traded stock. It opened this week at $4.64 TT. Trinidad Cement was the market's biggest gainer, up almost 11%, to open this week at $3.90 TT. And on the losing side, West Indian Tobacco Company fell 5%, to open Monday at $18.63 TT. Over in the U.S., the Dow Jones and the Nasdaq rose 1.5%, while the S&P 500 gained 1%. At the pumps, motorists got a win last week as the price of 87 gas fell $2.50 and 90 fell $3. Regular diesel prices fell $1.16 and low sulfur diesel dropped $1.05. In foreign exchange, it took an average $154.07 Jamaican to purchase one U.S. dollar last Friday. That's 69 cents less than a week before. Meanwhile, it took an average $113.39 Jamaican to purchase one Canadian dollar. One British pound cost an average $183.76 Jamaican. And you could buy one euro for $165.14 Jamaican on average. Finally, on the crypto markets, Bitcoin prices fell 5% over the past five days, with the cryptocurrency trading at 22410 on Monday. And Ethereum fell almost 6% trading at $1,565 on Monday. This segment of Taking Stock, the Analysts, is brought to you by JMMB Group, your best interest at heart. Disclaimer, this is not intended as financial advice. Please consult a licensed financial advisor before making investment decisions. All right, the comments are still coming in. I'm seeing Shanae saying national items are excellent. Chantel, I'm saying I admire his comment to his national responsibility. All pun intended. National, national responsibility. Get it? He considers his workers and their dependents and their communities. That's special in the 21st century. That's gold. And Millie, still thinking, you know, IPO ready to go. When is the announcement of IPO coming? Kazim saying, great discussion. And then on the old lady at Halfway Tree, the, the current factory, I wish I had the money to fix up the old lady at Halfway Tree. National Bakery is Jamaica's icon. Yes, indeed. So we have some comments also on our poll question. We see here no new taxes. Millie loves that one. And then O'Shane, all of the above. All of the above. I like in all the things, all the things. So 
Tonight in our analyst segment, we are joined by Leovani Dillon, investment research and sovereign risk analyst at JMMB. Hello, Leovani. Good night, Keisha. All right, night. all right. Night, so usually I'm over on that side with you for the analyst segment. Yeah. I'm flip it around, you know. Uh, but this is really my mm -hmm. host, the financial analysis, the investments. So Deramont trading results are out, their year-end results. Walk us through what the major highlights are. Yeah, so um, they came out um, with numbers on March 1. Um, some good numbers. If I can share my screen here, I can just run through it quickly. All right, so first, what we're looking at here is we're looking at their financial results over several years. So if you look in 2022, you can see that big jump here. That's a 45% increase in profitability. Um, revenue is up about 3%. Um, the company has been doing a lot in 2022. So they did a lot of acquisitions. So as we know, they did an APO uh, back in January 2021. And since then, um, but even before that, but again, since then, too, they have been doing a lot of acquisitions. Um, and that has helped to boost the profitability of the company. Um, um, what was also impressive in this results was the gross profit margin. So usually gross profit margin is around 19%, 18% for the company, but in 2022, it was at 25%. Um, so the quality of um, you know, sales, if you can put it that way, in terms of you know, controlling costs um, and growing revenue was, was pretty good for them. So if you look on the market reaction, so I saw something in the earlier segment, you saw some volumes trading um, last week, which was, was decent. But if you move on here a bit and you look on the performance of the stock, it hasn't really um, moved much. So again, the results came out on March 1, and you can see that the stock has you know, moved up since, but not really significantly. So it's up about 1.9% for the year. And I mean, outperforming the junior market, which is a down about 3% for the year. But you know, not a lot there. Now, when you zoom out a bit and you look on the performance of the company over time of the share price, you can actually see where I mean it's about the middle of the range. So you can see at the high is it was over um here, it was over like 350, um sorry, three dollars and fifty cents a share. But no, you know, it's you know around two fifteen. 218 right so you know not a lot of movement there but over the range it's done um, um pretty well for investors over you know the longer term if you look on it another way if you look at it now like using a heat map so you can see the performance each year on a stock you can see where in 2018 it really had a, a big year which you kind of saw on this chart here 2018 move here right um and been moving you know well going into that year but Subsequently, um, 2019 onward, we're not really seeing a lot of movement. The stock has been fairly rate grown. So even though in a given month, you might see significant changes for over a year, it really hasn't done that well um, for investors. But I mean, if you look at in the in the on the long run, it's done very well for investors. Like if you know, you know, over like a 10-year time horizon. But I mean, in recent years, it hasn't done so well. But that's the nature of stock sometimes. No. If you look at this another way, so now we look on the activity, trading activity on the stock. Where we can see here is that over time, the, the activity has kind of waned a bit. Um, and I mean, this is kind of in line with the overall market. Volatile, I mean, volumes and activity on the market has, has been kind of you know, declining. So when you look here, you can see 2019, they had you know, 
know, a lot of activity, over $4 million trading on an average day. I know it's drawn to about a million dollars. I mean, you know, still a high compared to some other companies in the junior market, but for them, you can see that there's a clear down trading activity in terms of the, um, you know, trading activity on the stock, right? So now we're just going to take a quick look at some valuation metrics. Um, so when you look at PE metric for this company, it's currently around 17 times, and you can see that's relatively low for the company, at least multi-year lows. So, I mean, if you go back to see these kind of multiples, you'd have to go back to like 2020, and you can see this fall off here coincides with the, you know, the COVID sell-off that we got in March 2020. So that sell-off here, and this level is kind of, it's not the same, because it was around about 13, 13 times, but it's, that's the closest metric. So you can see that the, the, the valuation on this thing, you know, relative going back for a while, it's relatively cheap, at least for, you know, several years. This is the cheapest that you, you, you're seeing the stock, right? Now, again, if you look on it like the average PE over the last year, three years, five years, all of those in the regions are 20 times, 20 plus 22, 23 times, and this is at 17 times. So on that metric, relatively cheap, and then finally, you look on the PB, you see in a similar pattern where it's relatively cheap again um, on a PB metric compared to several years. Yeah, so that's it. So overall, um, I think it's a good good um, performance from them. Um, I think all of these acquisitions, you know, them raising the money and, and they seem like they're putting it to work. Um, and of course, they have other um, expansion plans in the works that they've been doing and you know, are going through um, acquisitions, organic growth. Um, and you can see the stability there when we're looking at like revenue, um, which was you know steadily growing over a period. So I think on and on, good number. Good performance. All right, so we're, we're seeing good performance indeed, for sure. Mm -hmm. So where are the dividends? What are your thoughts on that? Making good money, profits growing, margins looking better. Where are the dividends? All right, so um, when it comes to dividends, right? Uh, there's something to understand here. So Companies are have a um, what I call it now. Um, there's two things that companies can do here in general, right? So when it comes to the money that companies generate, they can pay it all those dividends or they can reinvest it, right? Now, in general, in general, when you have a relatively young company, um, a company that's growing fast in particular. So this company has a little, a little age on it, but it's growing fast now in that, you know, that growth phase, doing a lot of acquisition. It requires cash. So the question is, do you pay the cash now or do you reinvest it and build the business that in the future you can pay way more cash and have a bigger, um, you know, bigger entity to pay, pay, pay dividends from? That's the decision that companies constantly have to make. So if you look at a more mature company, so let's say, for example, a Carreras, right? They're doing you know, things to create that incremental growth, but by and large, Carreras is more stable, developed market, and they're basically at 100% saturation. Like they're basically controlling the market share, right? Their ability to grow is limited. So their incentive to pay a dividends, cash dividends is very high. A company like Deramon that is in this process of doing a lot of acquisitions and whatever, they have to consider dividend payout now or invest in the future. So the thing is, you know, if you're an investor that wants dividends, there is a class of shares out there that are paying consistent dividends and will continue to do so, especially more mature, larger companies that are not really growing as aggressively. Um, but 
this type of company is more growthy. And if you, I mean, well, you've seen the sentiment, for example, if you look overseas and more developed com um, and fast growing companies, where the Teslas, or they're, they're not really aggressive dividend payers because they're constantly reinvesting, building new plants, growing the business. And in case of Dermont, doing a lot of acquisitions. So you might not get that kind of, div even if they do pay a dividend, it might not be significant like from a dividend yield standpoint because their focus is going to be on growth. So, yeah, so you have to yeah, understand. I, I see what you're saying. And Learn, Go, Invest is saying, you know, love the detailed analysis. I do too. And mm -hmm. you are, you're right with it that growth companies do tend to pay little or no dividend because mm -hmm. they need the money to keep growing they need the money to be reinvested in all yeah. these new strategies so yeah. and even so high growing companies means then the share prices grows a little faster right yeah the share price the share as well yeah. so i mean as i said six or one half dozen other other maybe you don't get dividends yeah, but you a, get yeah it's a trade-off yeah but yeah but that's the beauty of the stock market you know so if you're someone that's in a stage that you want dividends, that's what that's your primary thing. There is a group of companies for that matter of fact, there's a whole lot of asset class in terms of you know. So um, maybe we maybe we can problems. touch on that briefly, Leo Vani, because we're getting mm. a lot of persons saying JA companies, dividends weak, dividends always low. They can do a yeah. lot better in regards to dividend companies. So where mm. do we see these dividends? All right, so this is the thing. Ever since the market really started to move since 2015, the majority of companies' dividend yield has been relatively low. Reason being is because the stock price is that high. So for example, um, granted, we know they passed for a while, you know, I've paid for a while. Let's take NCB, for example. Before um, NCB, you know, passed the dividend for a while, for good reason, we can talk about that if, if time permits, right? Before they passed it for a while, right? They were paying, I think, around 90 cents a quarter, which if you bought it at like 200 plus, isn't really that significant a yield. But if you bought NCB a few years um, before the bull market really picked up and you bought it around 2015, 2014, it would have been at $18. And then if you had bought it then and held it throughout the time, that 90 cents a quarter, um, almost what, um, $4, a, $4 a year, would have been very significant in terms of the yield would have been significant for you but if you had bought it after the run-up it doesn't seem that significant so it's a similar thing when you look at any most of these companies in the longer term so if you buy the company no especially well not no per se because the market's come off a bit but if you bought companies when the market was running hot like in 2019 when the market was really high valuations were very high right the yield is not going to be significant where, where you're gonna get good um, yield is either when valuations are low, like, you know, you see companies trade like 10, nine times earnings and you buy those companies and they're paying dividends and then you hold it for some time. So then what happens is that the dividend goes up the incremental amount, but the price at which you, you, you have it, let's say, you know, you had for three, four years, that price is fixed because you already bought it. So then the yield goes up. So the thing is in general, you're not going to see um, it's rare. So, you know, again, like a careers and so you might see like eight, seven percent, but that's rare to get those kind of yields in the market. Um, you're, you're usually going to see one, two percent. And that's the reason why I say if income is your thing, you might want to more look on a different asset class because with stocks, the majority of the gains really come from cap gains. Granted, again, it's volatile because it's not, you know, 
cash flow like that. But I mean, as you, as we sh I showed earlier, in one year, granted it's like a while back, the stock was up over two hundred percent. That that would, that's years of dividends. So the thing is, you know, that's if you right. So the, the, I think we fall, we push on the trade off because yeah. it's there. I mean, if we're looking for income, there are income style yeah. investments to look Isn't at. It? Right, but mm -hmm. for stocks, especially junior market companies, the focus is a lot on growth and, yeah. and consistent growth over time. That's what we, we need to be yeah. focused on. So you can get some dividends in it, but just don't expect it to, you know, be the driver be, of your wealth. The main driver of wealth. No, it's, it's that's that's unlikely. Right. So a whole lesson there on dividend investing versus growth style investing and what you need to look out for. Thank you for that. So, thank you for coming on, Leovani Dillon from the GBP Group. Thanks for having the discussion with us. All right. So, I see a lot of dividends um, comments coming in. There, there is a lot of talk about that for sure. But you know, check out um, the GMB Group around future discussions and the research team and their research around dividends. That is critical as well. So that's our show for this week, guys. That's our show. Make sure you like this video. Be sure to this do segment that. of Taking Stock that's the Analysts you. was brought to you by JMMB Group, your best interest at heart. All right, that's our show. <laughs> that's really our show now. All right, that's our show for this week. Make sure you like this video. Subscribe to the channel, write them down, like the video, right? We need more likes than what I'm seeing. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, and also share with a friend. Also, make sure you subscribe to Kalila's newsletter, kalilareynolds.com slash newsletter. I'm also going to remind you one more thing, one more thing. New subscribers, you get the free broker guide. So that's an added incentive to make sure that you subscribe to that newsletter. And of course, turn on your post notification. Turn them on. This way you can be the first to see all of the other features that are there. We really are here. We want to help you to learn more about money so we can get all of this money together. So make sure you are connected all the way up. Also, follow Kalila on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at Kalila Ray. And KRM Business News on Instagram. Remember, those are her only accounts. The only accounts. Only accounts. She don't have no backup accounts, so be aware of those. Those are the accounts, the ones I've mentioned. Also, follow me on Instagram, Profit Jump Starter. That's my handle. And watch also my YouTube channel, Profit Jump Starter, where you get additional financial education videos as well. If you want to connect with the analyst from this week, check the description box below for his contact information. And of course, visit Kalila's website for financial information that you can use however you like it, watch, listen, or read. Tell a friend about taking stock. Tell a friend. Tell your family. Investing is the new sexy. Very sexy. We like to talk about investment, so let's make it cool to talk about money. I'm Keisha Bailey. Thank you guys all for watching and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.
Let's get this money. <laughs> <laughs>